In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Ah, yes, it's the party line. With a hum in the background, we apologize for that. I'm inclined to think it's some of the work that uh, OAEP is doing or the uh, electric new big lines they're putting through. We'll we'll get into that with someone there uh, shortly. In the meantime, we've got a show to do. And we had told you that it was Tuesday that we were going to have Chris Schmiel. Guess what? It's today. Making all sorts of errors, and we apologize once again. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Boy, that hum is bad in my headphones. We'll just have to um, pretend it's not there. Um, let's see here. Let me try something else. Take that all the way up. No, let's try... Uh, Let's go to program. <laughs> we won't listen to the uh, that part. Okay, good morning. Um, Chris Meal, good morning. What? Welcome. Good morning. And let's uh, see, you're on mic two or three there? Uh, two. Two, okay, there we go. Um, golly, it's been, been a, a while uh, since we've had a, a county commissioner in. It's great to have you. Now, uh, we have three county commissioners, uh, and, and one is up for re-election, so he can't be on the air right now, right? Uh, that's my understanding. And the other one uh, is busy with other things. So um, you get the you get the, the glorious chore of coming in. Oh, my pleasure. I'm yeah. glad you provide us the opportunity. Sure. Well, there's a number of things that over the months uh, since we last had a show, uh you know, we we talked about, but you know what? They're still going. And one of them is this sewer expansion project, where um, and other sewer projects too. So, can you give us an update on some of that? Yeah. So, we've got um, five projects active right now on the sewer expansion project uh you know so there's basically from richland avenue up to radford road around uh um hebbardsville road there you know kind of moving uh up radford road um so it's a you know it's a process we've got three different contractors uh working in different communities on you know different aspects of the project we just bid out another one um around the for the elliottsville uh area so that's another section and then there's uh several more in the in the pipeline to it ultimately connect us all the way back to uh state route 56 and uh around the country club and you know back to athens so biggest sewer project i think in the history of athens county worth uh gosh i can't even remember how many millions of dollars is involved here um so yeah it's a it's a big deal we're you know tearing up people's yards making messes trying to you know fix those as we go um you know putting a lot of work into the roads after we leave areas mm -hmm. and uh you know we just appreciate everybody's understanding as we you know work through this process well it, it, the reason this became um, a high priority if you think back historically is what I mean basically the EPA had all these uh, findings and orders you know where Athens County were the the responsible entity where we had to take action at some point um, the USDA really helped us out by basically granting us a significant chunk uh and i can't remember because it's been so many years now but it was like 15 million or something it was a lot mm. um so that really helped us making it affordable 
um, which was one of the key components. Uh, you know, we do live in a low to moderate income community and, um, you know, we got to make this project affordable. And luckily, you know, we got this thing started before really a lot of the prices went up on everything. So I think we, we, you know, made it happen at the right time, you took beat, advantage of beat the, the bullet. Did you? Yeah. I mean, it appears like we did, you know, like we've got these future sections and we'll see how those go. But I mean, it's, we're working within our budget. We've got a really, I think, a solid, um, engineering firm. Um, this guy named Gary Silcott, who's worth, uh, DLZ engineering, uh, is really engaged with our, uh, Rich Kassler, our, our, um, water and sewer superintendent. So we've got, you know, lots going on. So, And the goal, of course, is to have septic tanks that have uh, either are um, just through age and all that sort of thing, not performing as well as they should, um, and, and, and just get a whole good, reliable sewage system, right? Yeah, yep. And uh, a lot of that had to do with you know the aging age of those the houses in this area the age of those uh septics um the regulations changing over the decades mm -hmm. and uh yep it was our responsibility to to make this happen and and then just um just to remind people in case they've forgotten uh this is going to tie all of those projects into the city's system right yes sir yep and uh, the city's the city's system blah, 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 um, has all the capacity necessary to cover these new areas that are being added to it. Yes, uh, you know this was a coordinated effort. Um, the EPA and the USDA they they sort of want wanted the most cost effective way for us to develop this, and. Uh, you know, having that one big centralized facility in the city of Athens was determined to be that cost, most cost-effective way to, to do this project. And so, yeah, we've been coordinating with the city, uh, you know, their engineering team, and, uh, yep, seems like everything's on track. People will be hooking up at the beginning of next year we we hope is when the, the time when uh everybody will or at least portions of the of the project will start you know connecting the the flow to the city when that happens is there also an effort to remove the former septic systems you have to oftentimes they they ask that they get pumped out and they get filled with something or crushed so those are some EPA guidelines. All right. Well, you know, it occurred to me you've been on the show a number of times over the years, and I just want to refresh my mind as to the history of Christian. Okay, so, um, Chris, you've been in Athens how long? I came to Athens in 1988 as an Ohio University student. 88? 88. 88. And what was your... Um, educational focus um originally i was interested in psychology and wound up making uh my own degree um it's currently that program's called specialized studies mm -hmm. and my program that i created was called holistic transition to sustainability heavy yeah <laughs> i like it what um what what, um, what were some of the things you were involved in uh, during your collegiate years? Um, and, and where did you come from? I forgot. Well, I'm originally from uh, northwest Indiana. I grew up on Lake Michigan. Okay. My family and I, we moved to Cincinnati when I started high school. I went to a couple different high schools in Cincinnati. I graduated from uh, uh, Finneytown, which is a, you know, a suburb northwest of Cincinnati. Uh, one of my good friends from high school, his brother went to school here and uh, came to visit. And I, I basically, you know, growing up in a small town, then living in a bigger city, I, I was sort of interested in getting back to a small town and came to visit Athens and fell in love. And I was like, I, I think I'll go to school here, you know, and um, 
I uh, did a lot of like student activism, you know, like when I was a student, we had a lot, I feel like maybe more of that going on. I don't know. It seems in retrospect, um, but you know, we had groups like the ecology club mm -hmm. and the uh, student environmental action coalition. And those were all projects that I worked on. And I think, you know, kind of helped build some of my skills to, to eventually run for office. Folks, before we go on, let me just, uh, if you just tuned in, uh, you may hear a hum on your radio. Um, we're not certain where that's coming from. We're pretty sure it's not us. We think it's more inclined to be the utility company uh, that is, you know, doing all these major revisions for the high power lines. But uh, anyway, they're, they're working on it, uh, our engineers, and we'll try to get that resolved as soon as possible. So please uh, forgive us. All right, so once again, uh, this is the Party Line Program, uh, and uh, our guest today, Chris Schmiel, who's one of our three Athens County Commissioners. Chris, um, now, how many terms have you been on at this point? I'm in my third term, uh, so I'm in, the, like, basically my 10th year. Because mm -hmm. uh, the term is... Uh, four years. Four years, mm -hmm. right. The, uh, is this something you really enjoy? I really do enjoy it. And so um, the chances are good that uh, when you're coming to the end of your third term, you may choose to run again, eh? Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I first started, you know, it's pretty stressful, a lot of learning. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and at this point, I feel like I've learned a lot and uh, I've kind of learned to deal with the, the challenges and stresses a little bit. Um so, yeah, I mean, uh, I do also have a business and a family and, you know, trying to keep everything going, is, it can be stressful. Um, well, oddly enough, uh, to talk about some of your other involvements was next on my list. And um, so, so uh, tell me about your family. Um, well, I my wife is Michelle Gorman. She, I, her and I met at OU and... Um, have been together for gosh a long long time and i have two we have two kids uh our son griffin is a sophomore in college he's studying up in uh stevens point it's it's a branch campus up in wisconsin and i have a daughter hazel and she's a junior at alexander neat so and uh, michelle does she um have a, a job per se you know, she has, uh, she's really, uh, she's part owner of our business, Integration Acres. She's really involved with uh, organizing of the Paw Paw Festival. Um, and uh, she, as far as with our business, she has been our, the cheesemaker uh, out on our farm. Um, recently, she's been getting into community health working. Mm -hmm. And so she's sort of looking to do more of that work in the, in the future. Now, the business, Integration Acres. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for the per for someone who hasn't visited uh, uh, Athens Farmer's Market uh, regularly, because uh, you always have a nice display there, um, what is Integration Acres? Well, we're a specialty food company and uh, a farm. Um, we kind of have two primary focuses. Um, First of all, we're the world's largest pawpaw processors. And so uh, we, if, if everybody hopefully knows in Athens what a pawpaw is, but it's North America's largest native tree fruit. And uh, in our area, we're really blessed with millions of wild pawpaw trees. Um, we also have an orchard of pawpaws. And... Um, Basically, pawpaws are very fragile, and they don't last long. And so what we've really been involved with is processing pawpaws. And we primarily freeze it, and then we make jarred products with it. Um, and so, like jarred project, are you talking about like uh, puddings or, no, not puddings, jellies or? Yeah, we have a jam, a salad dressing, a chutney, and a salsa. I see. Sounds good. And, and, uh, and if you had to... Say a, a pawpaw tastes very similar to. You what? know, 
it's very tropical flavored and it really has its own flavor profile you know some people say it'll taste like a banana a mango a papaya you know so it's very kind of like and there's a lot of diversity of flavors mm -hmm. in pawpaws so i i like to just call it like a tropical flavored custard um because it is in the custard apple family and when i was making my major at ou um i took a lot of botany and so that was a big part of my program and um that's I guess one of the reasons why I've really focused on the pawpaw. Do do pawpaws grow throughout the world? Well, they're native to 25 states east of the Mississippi, huh. but um, there are there's actually a movement of planting pawpaws really all over the planet at this point. You know, from like South Korea to Romania to Germany um, to England. I mean, it's all over um people are planting pawpaws so can you take a, a pawpaw and p just place it in the ground and you know pack it in a, a hole or do, do you what's the best way to establish a pawpaw plant well i mean i guess it and do they become trees yeah it is a tree it's a small tree they get to be about 30 to 40 feet tall at the most really um you know, it depends on how you want to do it. I mean, in, you know, in nature around here, uh, if a pawpaw tree has a bunch of fruit, the, you know, neighborhood mammal, mammals, uh, be it a uh, possum, a raccoon, mm -hmm. or uh, maybe a deer or a wood groundhog or something, you know, like they would eat the fruit, take the seeds, and maybe they eat some of the seeds, they go through their body and they deposit them with some fertilizer somewhere. Um, that's the natural way uh, how it, they get spread around. Um, but even, yeah, like you said, you just throw a fruit on the ground at, around here, it should grow. They've been growing here, they say, for like 30,000 years. Um, you pa know, Pawpaw spelled P-A-W-P-A-W? -W? Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, we have a wonderful Pawpaw Festival annually. I know you had a lot to do with that, too. Yes. Still do. And okay. Thoroughly enjoy that. So let's talk about some more um, honeywort. Mm -hmm. The CDB6, is it? BG. Yeah. BG. S Community School of Development Block Grant. Yes. Okay. So Community Development Block Grant. These are projects. Now, um, how long have we been doing these? Well, that's a good question. I. Ever since I've been a commissioner, we've always had had these pro programs, which we get money from the state and, you know, there's links to the feds. But, you know, the whole idea is that you're trying to improve low to moderate income areas, which Athens County, you know, has these areas. Um, and, you know, it turns into hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in, in things like sidewalks, uh road repairs, um, parks, uh, housing. I mean, it's really got a broad range of things. Uh, recently, during the COVID situation, they had an extra pot of money, and they called it CDBG CARES funds. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just talking about this yesterday at our commissioner's meetings. And um, at the state, there was like $14 million for this program and if we get this next grant funded, which we think we will, Athens County will have received about half of that from the state. Um, and some of those things recently, the OU Museum Complex up on the ridges, mm -hmm. they got, I think it was like a $1.5 million uh, CDBG CARES grant for HVAC improvements so that they're, they're trying to, you know, expand their uh, museum and re revitalize it. So that was pretty exciting. Um, and then there's this organization in, in Athens County and Southeast Ohio called the Survivor Advocacy Outreach Program, SAOP. And they've got a very significant uh, grant application going in, which would, if it's completely funded, it's like $5.8 million dollars. And uh, it's focused around Gloucester, Nelsonville, and Athens. And um, they work with people who are 
uh, survivors of some sort of trauma or abuse, and they provide a job, they provide housing, and then they provide like wraparound services for, for folks in those situations like childcare and uh, workforce development stuff. So they've got in this proposal, it, it will result in new, new housing being built in Nelsonville and Gloucester. Um, and then a jobs also associated with them that will be close by. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty significant, and I don't know if you've ever interviewed uh, their executive director, Jen Seifert, but That's, that name is familiar. You may enjoy getting her on the show, and and I can connect you with her. And so they like right now they've got a a new um, business that they purchased from Nelsonville Emporium up in Nelsonville of, from Jennifer LaRue. Sure. And so, and there's a whole story about how that happened, but that's their, that's going to be part of their business where, where the people they're working with have a job and then their housing. I think they say the housing is within a seven minute walk. And then all these wraparound services, like, the, like I said, the uh, childcare, you know, stuff like that. So, and that's those are just an example. I mean, a year before Gloucester got money, and is this is all getting implemented now with like sidewalks, um, you know, road development, um, sewer projects, all kinds of stuff like that. Well, those are the uh, <coughs> a few examples of the community development block grants. Now, um, broadband. You know, we hear, we see TV commercials and everything talking about 5G and stuff like that. And these these uh, uh, higher, faster services that are available uh, nearly everywhere now. And, uh, in fact, the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, um, they have been speaking to radio stations and saying, you know, you're giving up some of your satellite um, capabilities to this industry so uh, they were making some adjustments in our fees but broadband is a big deal and uh, it helps everybody so where do we stand in broadband for Athens County well um, last year the foundation or Athens Foundation and um, Community Action or HAPCAP uh, they went in and hired a guy who is our broadband coordinator, and his name's Paul Isherwood. I don't know if you've had him on. Not a name I know. Okay. So recently there were a bunch of submissions for some state funding. There was a state broadband grant program in Athens County. We had, I believe, six different proposals, and one of them got funded. Um, that one is located mostly in the Coolville area, okay. and the company that got that grant is called Windstream. Um, and that's going to bring fiber to different households. Not that many, about, I think, around 30. Okay. But, you know, that's a little bit of progress. Um, in that process, though, Spectrum has made a pretty significant uh, commitment to building out basically all of Athens County. So they challenged a lot of these other proposals that got sent in. And so we'll see how that all shakes out. But because they committed to this, then there's a timeline. They, they have like basically like 18 months to start construction um, throughout the whole county. So that's could be significant. You know, to, you know, 18 months isn't that long off. Um, well, we have some five, um, what they call 5G, right? You know, I'm not, I'm not super aware of exactly what the terms, where that's at. Well, anyway, we have some now, and so maybe you already answered this just with, with your explanation a moment ago. I was wondering, you know, what percentage of our county has that kind of service now? So we're not real sure, eh? Yeah, I. That's not usually what we're 
discussing when we talk about broadband. I mean, that's more like your wireless, which can be a form of broadband. Um, but what what we're really looking at is like this fiber to the home because the upload and download speeds are the best mm. and most long-term kind of like high sh high shelf um, quality that we're looking for. Um, there are a lot of new wireless technologies out there that um, I know some of the companies that put their state grants in were utilizing some of these technologies, um, which sometimes they work around here, sometimes they don't due to our topography and, um, you know, like tree cover, for example, mm. you know, like, but the one thing I did want to really mention, and this is more of like out in the, in the countryside is that people are starting to get their Starlink. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but this is like a Elon Musk development where there's all these low, lower level satellites and basically bringing pretty high quality broadband to places that, you know, are, are sparsely populated and such. And it's relatively affordable. I think it's like a hundred dollars a month. They're getting, you know, pretty, really good service when before they couldn't get anything. So some people are really excited that, you know, that's finally happening, that people have been on that list for a couple of years. Um, they get the thing in the mail, they set it up, they're going and they're pretty excited. Well, um, golly, I, and Time, times change, you know? Yeah, and they're going to keep changing. Um, I know that I, I've heard the city of Athens has got a pretty big um, RFP for some broadband going on as well. I don't know if Mayor Patterson's spoken about that recently. He'll be on uh, next week, I think. Uh -huh. So um, over the years, there's been a, a, a system or a – anyway, it was called Land Bank. And I've thought um, – you know, you, the things you could do with land, banks, properties. These are properties that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but have been uh, abandoned for a period, of pe a long time. And so the county takes them over. Uh, the city can take them over, depending on where they're located, I think. Um, and, and put it to either, um, you know, a resale purpose help help make that value land valuable again or they can put them to some public purpose like a pocket park or um things like that yeah now um you've been active in this for a while right mm -hmm. and and you know how long uh we started it in 2018 and, uh, you know, I was one of the founders of it in Athens County. So, um, you know, basically what it is, is abandoned tax delinquent properties. And, you know, a lot of times things would get, get foreclosed by the treasurer, the county treasurer, and then um, they would go to a sheriff's sale. Mm -hmm. Now, if you had a property that had let's say thousands and thousands of dollars in back taxes. And maybe it's in a, a part of the community that, you know, doesn't really have high value. Um, you have a sheriff's sale and at the sheriff's sale, the minimum bid is all the back taxes. And nobody's like, well, I don't think I want to bid, you know, $10,000 on this old dilapidated house. And so the sheriff's sale would go, no one would bid on it. And then eventually that would go, it would turn into what they call an auditor's sale where it could go with no minimum bid and would sometimes go for like a dollar. And that was the, the old model of how things were getting dealt with. And then the state legislature created this land bank, which I think there's eight or not, there's many states that have land banks. Michigan's one of them, I know, New York. Um, and the land bank has the, you know, ability to get those abandoned properties that are really tax delinquent. Uh, and then what we do oftentimes is if there's a structure on it, that's, you know, no longer valuable, we help facilitate those, 
getting removed. Um, we get rid of the back taxes. And there's basically, it's about re reutilization of land. And it's about getting those, those properties back on the tax rolls and getting them out into the community. And, but sometimes, you know, we can grant them to villages or, or cities. Um, most recently, we have been working with some state funds. Um, there was a brownfield assessment or brownfield uh, fund and then this demolition fund. And in this situation, you know, we're going to be getting uh, millions of dollars to tear down some, you know, bigger structures with the brownfield money. The demolition funds are going to go towards structures that, uh, you know, are really all throughout the county. And, and I know that being in the city of Athens, the, we haven't done that much with the land bank in the city of Athens. But with this demolition program, because of the rules of the funding, we are able to, to help. We're going to be tearing down some places in the city of Athens. Um, primarily, we do a lot of work in Trimble Township and also uh, Nelsonville. So I know that with this next round of demolition funds, I think we've got 23 structures in Nelsonville that are going to be coming down. Wow. And, you know, these are structures that are really health and safety hazards in the community at this point. I can think of one not too far from the station, actually. It's up on uh, Lancaster. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe that one is one of the ones that we're going to be getting rid of. And the big red X on the yep. the. the house and it just looks like yeah awful and now see this is what was interesting about how these this funding that we could use like that property the guy pays his taxes and so it's not tax delinquent that's what the land bank mostly deals with but with this funding we got from the state the land bank doesn't have to own the property we can just if we get consent from the landowner we can tear it down for free which was a, a really good deal um, in that situation, I, I'm thinking we're working with the city of Athens and their code enforcement because they wanted to get that structure removed. Sure. So. But we've heard um, maybe it's down in Torch or somewhere where um, a couple properties were uh, put together and they made a little pocket park for the community. Yeah, there was one um, right in Coolville, actually, right oh, next Coolville. to the school. Okay. Yep. It's it's a really great tool for our community to basically you know get rid of some rotten structures that aren't doing anybody any good and find new uses and get new people i mean we have a huge need for housing um it's a shame that we have you know oftentimes these properties just get neglected and you know a lot of times it's somebody passes away uh there's no maybe you know, will or anything like that, or there's yeah. no, you know, there's reasons why these things happen. But, you know, when a structure sits there empty for 10 plus years, it's usually not good for it. No. And then we lose those houses, which is a shame. So I, I feel like we're, we've done, we've been doing a lot of catching up. And I'm hoping that as we get closer to, you know, the an end in sight, we can sort of stay on top of our housing and, and try to alleviate us losing all this housing when we need so much too. You know, some people are very inclined to speak up and let their elected officials know about something that's bothering them about their community or something. Uh, there's others are, you know, less likely, or they just maybe they think they're not going to be heard, um, or that it won't make a difference. Um, speak in behalf as uh, of fellow elected officials. Um, if someone called you and said, you know, there's a property near me that just, I don't understand why it's like it is. Um, we'll, we'll just speak to that. Yeah, well, so the work that I've been engaged with with the land bank it gets us involved with a lot of those kind of nuisance properties, maybe you could call it. Um, and uh yeah i mean specifically like right now there's there's a couple like i would call them sort of uh symbolic properties that we're, we're trying to address and uh these aren't necessarily always things that the land bank can solve um because 
maybe they are the taxes are getting paid but there's a lot of uh you know like substandard housing situations like you know there's there's no septic there's there's lots of trash um you know and oftentimes you know there's just this really complex situation with the folks that are involved with those properties which include you know things like mental health issues substance abuse disorder um and uh you know a myriad of other potential not really good things happening mm -hmm. and you know we got a lot of uh there are places around the county where people are really frustrated that things like that go on for literally decades like why why is this allowed to be okay you know we live you know the neighbors live around the area they feel like you know these people for whatever reason aren't taking care of their place and it has a negative impact on on the whole community um so it's a really complex you know oftentimes the health department's involved um athens county now also has an environmental deputy which is an important part of this kind of team that we're working on to address these properties um also working with the township trustees the trustees have certain powers that they can clean up a property assess those property owners put it on their taxes um, but also this involves uh the prosecutor's office or you know the courts and the judges so it's a it's a really um this time of year you know like spring and you know there's a lot of cleanups going on around the county a lot of people are try try to do the right thing and then you know there's some folks that don't seem to care and then you know their stuff is maybe getting uh washed down the creek or you know people are dumping lots of tires or there's trash burning all these things that uh still need addressed especially in the county you know not not city of athens you guys have a code office here uh nelsonville they have a code office but out in the countryside you know we don't have a lot of we don't have code and there's no enforcement i remember um oh, tom o'grady and um ed newman ed newman um, mm -hmm. getting involved in basically cleaning up illegal dump sites right yes and those guys when i was a college student those are some of my mentors yes that took me out and we cleaned up those things and you know what? Like, I'm still cleaning up other people's messes. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm -hmm. it seems to be no shortage. But um, I think things have gotten a lot better in the county. Um, you know, now a lot more people are, you know, there's not as much illegal dumping as there used to be. There still, there still is. Um, I think our state really needs to address the tire issue. I don't think how we're dealing with tires is working. Um, I would like to suggest that we we could do something similar to a battery you know like there's a core charge on the battery the batteries you know there's instead of like right now it's the wrong incentive in my opinion it's like people have to pay money to get rid of the tire i think people should just basically get paid to give the tire to to proper disposal um i think that would really solve the problem because is there is there any um, forgive my lack of knowledge here is there anything recyclable about an old tire? Well, I mean, there's a place up in Columbus I know called Liberty Tire, and I think a lot of the grant programs that the, the state, you know, throws money at this problem through grant programs. Um, and uh, they get up to Liberty Tire. They get recycled somehow. I don't know exactly. You know, they may get turned into, like, asphalt on a track. You know, they may, you know, there's different industrial uses they probably use them in. Um, I mean, I built my foundation, my house out of a tire. I don't know if I ever told you that, but they're called no. like, a, it's like earth ships or tire houses. I mean, hmm. um, it's like a steel belted brick. Um, so, I mean, I think there's lots of ways that we could, could deal with tires, but so some plant will take these tires and mold them into a, like a brick. No, um, maybe they do, but I mean, what I was speaking to was the, uh, when you take a tire, this whole concept, it's called like a tire house or a, a the, there's like a brand name for it called an earth ship. Okay. You can look it up. 
but basically you take an empty tire you fill it up with with like clay is great you take a sledgehammer and you pack it in there it's a lot of work i did this when i was in my 20s and uh they swell up and they they weigh like 300 plus pounds and they're just like it's like a steel belted brick at that point wow um well so many creative things i don't know and um, i'll bet you there's some um some other things that we don't know about where they're actually making them into more um, common shape construction things. Yeah. Well, anyway, what about, um, let's see here. One of the topics you wanted to bring up today was environmental nuisance. Yeah, which is basically what I, what we were just kind of talking about, um, you know, working with the environmental deputy, the health department, the trustees, and the courts to try to, you know, help clean up some of these really problem properties. And, you know, if, if depending on where your, our listeners are, you know, like they may know some properties like in their neighborhood. Um, and again, this is more out in the countryside, not in the cities, so to speak, so much. But sometimes they are in the city. Sometimes they're in the villages. Um, and, uh, you know, il the illegal dumping and all that stuff that we just discussed. Um, we we just we have a great new environmental deputy. His name's uh, Jason Wickman. And um, it's been really great working with him to to try to help solve some of these um, challenging problems. Now, uh, <coughs> someone who gets a job like that. Uh, I assume they've had um, involvement in this sort of thing elsewhere, and they they uh, their careers improve and improve, and they get a higher position than a higher position, and so on. It, or am I nuts? Well, I mean, Deputy Wickman, he's from the Nelsonville area, and uh, you know he's been a deputy for I don't even know how long, but this was just an opportunity in the sheriff's office um they write a grant to odot actually and uh they help oversee some of this roadway cleanups in athens county that's part of the work he does okay. and uh you know so in that situation he gets people who have to do community service oftentimes from municipal court or the uh, prosecutor's office the the county's prosecutor's office so, you know, basically he gets like this free labor. Um, they go out, pick up trash along the state routes mm -hmm. part of the time. Um, and then the other part of the time he's basically helping deal with, uh, you know, finding and prosecuting people that are, uh, you know, dumping their tires down in the holler and, uh, you know, things like that. We have seven minutes to go, and uh, this topic could probably fill it. And it is... Um, our county's mental health in assisting people with feeling good and, and worthwhile and and, um, and and it's not just for people that have mental issues this is for the good of all now um, I guess up at the site of the former state hospital right mm-hmm there are some things going on that we may or may not have heard of. So why don't you give us a, a basic list? Well, I mean, basically, uh, I, th I would say that we have, coming out of this pandemic, a lot of people have been talking about this. Like, you know, we have some, like a mental health crisis in our society. Um, recently, the governor, when he was giving the State of the State address, he mentioned you know, the need for mental health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically through my work with uh, some of this nuisance stuff, we've run into folks that have a lot of mental health needs and, you know, discussing things with like, say, Hopewell Health and, the, and then also like maybe the sheriff's office came to real, you know, really coming to realize that, you know, what happened when back in the, I believe it was in the 80s, you know, when the when the Ridges was a mental hospital, right, state mental hospital, there was like 1,500 people living up there. And, 
during the late 80s, you know, a lot of that got dismantled. And I guess it's my opinion, and I, I would say many other people that, including the governor, this is why he spoke to it, was that, you know, we never rebuilt that. You know, like, I, I think there's a lot of use of pharmaceuticals for people. Like, if you take your pills, you're good, you know. Unfortunately, there's folks out there that don't take their pills and there's you know the support network you know if you've if you're living with someone with mental health issues in your family you know you may feel firsthand you know the challenge of trying to help somebody um live you know in a in a healthy healthy way and um i guess it's it's my feeling that our society has just sort of dropped the ball you know like we dismantled the state mental hospital networks and, you know, there's really not that many services. There's there's not enough bed space or, you know, workforce to help deal with these issues. So I'm, I'm glad the governor was talking about it. I'm really interested in how that's going to translate into our communities. You know, obviously funding is a big part of that discussion. But that's why I put it on there because um, – and I, I think – there's there's a lot of different examples of mental health issues in our society um and it's like i don't know like we we need to address we need to address this important topic so the county commissioners meet weekly yes i most of the time we meet on tuesday mornings at 9 30 in the second floor of the annex building which is next to the courthouse above pumpkin the cat oh yes pumpkin <laughs> the cat now um is there a, a point where um public can bring something up in your agenda absolutely i mean um we're also you can zoom into our meetings still so you can just you know show up and watch our meetings from your computer if you'd like um or your phone um, but yeah, I mean, if you ever have any need, um, I would say that any local official that I know of is is eager to help, you know, serve people. I mean, that's the thing about local government. You know, we're the people that you're going to talk to. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people maybe don't trust the government. They don't like the government. But, you know, like those of us in the local elected officials, like we're sort of we're the we're your first connection to government. And, you know, we're all here to serve you. And you have a question, concern, you give give us a call, send us an email. And, you know, we, we like to address your, your needs. Um, I mean, my phone number, I'll just give you my cell phone, 740-698-6060. You know, feel free to call me or text me. Um, you can find our emails on the county's website, which is athensoh.org and there's links on there to all kinds of services uh, all the uh, county offices um, community you know uh, partners all kinds of stuff is there some big deal cooking that you haven't told us about that's kind of exciting Big deal cooking. Uh, hmm. I mean, you know, maybe you can't talk about it yet, but uh, I mean, it's always fun to ask an elected official some sort of question like that. Well, I mean, I think for me, and, uh, we, and we only have a minute or so. Yeah, as far as economic development goes, like diversifying our local economy and maybe really building our tourism sector. Um, this includes like the Bailey's trail system, you know, I feel like that's pretty exciting. You know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, investment in the Chansey area. We're seeing some investment in the Bookdal area, you know, we're places where there's trailheads for the, the mountain biking trails. Um, you know, and just, if you look at Hawking County and Hawking Hills and, and the huge economic imp driver that you know, just the Hawking Hills is, um, you know, we could, we could do more and more to basically just like capture that. Kashmir, as always, um, you know, we've had a couple of weeks where we sort of, not weeks, but months where we skipped doing this. 
I'm glad to get it started again. Yep. First Wednesday of the month, I'll be here. Fair enough. Okay. And uh, folks, have a great day out there, please. Um, It is uh, the sixth day of April. And uh, lots of neat things uh, starting to happen. Thanks for having me, Dave. You bet. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky updates Irish lawmakers on the war. This night, our territory was again hit by Russian missiles. Zelensky criticized European leaders for their reluctance to ban Russian fuel a day after he presented images of the human massacre in Bucha. The U.S. is expected to announce new sanctions today. White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki. They will target uh, Russian government officials, their family members, uh, Russian owned uh, financial institutions, also state-owned enterprises. Justice Department officials are holding a news conference this hour to announce new enforcement actions aimed at disrupting and prosecuting Russian criminal activity. At the Vatican, Pope Francis kissed a tattered flag from Bucha and condemned the Russian massacre. The Kremlin continues to insist dead bodies strewn across the town were staged. NATO's chief has just warned the war could last months even years. The FDA is taking a fresh look at existing COVID vaccines and how well they work against new Omicron infections. CBS's Christopher Cruz. The FDA's Dr. Doran Fink says the virus has been getting smarter over the past few months. More virulent, more resistant. Experts are worried about new variants spreading at a time when existing vaccines may no longer be effective. A new study from Israel shows second booster shots do help protect older people against infection, but those protections almost disappear after just eight weeks. A pandemic-era grace period set to expire on May 1st has been extended for tens of millions of Americans who took out student loans. CBS's Tony DeCopel. Later today, President Biden plans to extend a freeze on federal student loan payments. Still in limbo is an effort to cancel some of those loans. The president says he supports canceling up to $10,000 of debt per borrower. Tornado, hail, and strong winds are blamed for two new weather-related deaths in the South. One woman was killed in her mobile home.